ask you this one time. Where is Gamora? Yeah, I'll do you one better. Who's Gamora? I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? Those are the questions we answer today. Where is Bannon? Who is Bannon? Why is Bannon? Coming up today on The Grid. The Grid, a digital frontier. I pictured patriots as they moved throughout our country. Do they look like individuals or small business? Were the rallies like church? I keep dreaming of a world I hope to one day see. And then, today, I got in. Hello, fellow Americans. This is Chris Coleman, your host with the Kingdom Patriot Group. Welcome to The Grid, where faith, politics, and commerce intersect. My dad always says that freedom is not passed on through DNA, but rather it must be fought for and protected by every generation. That is why it is never too early to be involved in faith, politics, and commerce. I'm only 14 years old, and I'm already a Kingdom Patriot. You should be too. Join the fight for faith and freedom. Go to KingdomPatriot.us today. Greetings, fellow Patriots from the Texas Hill Country, and welcome to this week's News and Review. The recession to be or not to be, that is the question. I cannot believe that we're here arguing about this right now, whether or not we're truly in a recession. So let's quickly look at this from multiple angles. Technically, are we in a recession due to two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth? Of course. Does the average American think that we're in inflation? Because every time they fill up their car, they can't believe how much it costs them. Emphatically, yes. Does the Federal Reserve think that we are in inflation by raising the interest rate another 75 basis points? Absolutely. Do registered and likely voters think that we're in a recession? Yep, because in every poll, there is one issue that sticks out far beyond all the rest, the economy. So I just love the fact that by every point of view, we are in a recession. Of course, except the political one. No, from that aspect, we ignore everything and just pretend, no, we're not in a recession. The favorite wordsmith of the day is transition. I think Brian Deese has said that at least a hundred times. This administration points to the strong labor market and low unemployment. But unemployment is a lagging indicator, not a leading indicator, in my opinion. Inflation has skyrocketed the costs of goods and services, and as interest rates rise and the pain continues, demand will eventually fall, which, by the way, is exactly what two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth indicates. What's the trickle-down impact? As demand continues to soften, businesses will not continue to stay at full employment. They will start laying off employees because their job is to stay afloat. If this is true, what stops us from entering a depression? Harry Truman once said, A recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose yours. I long for the days when an honest politician just says, Yes, we are in a recession, and the pain at the pump is real. The cost of goods is real. But I want to encourage you, fellow Americans, that all is not lost. While technically we are in a recession, and likely this is going to get worse before it gets better, the labor market is strong. You are a resilient people. Hang in there, and we will get through this together. Can you imagine a president saying that? That would be so refreshing. Now, to international news, if you haven't heard about China threatening to shoot down Nancy Pelosi's plane if she visits Taiwan, then you are not paying attention. Why is China being so aggressive? Well, pure and simple, if Pelosi visits Taiwan as originally planned, then it sends a message to the rest of the world that we recognize Taiwan as an independent nation. 
especially if we send our political leaders there and make official visits. China will not and cannot stand this. However, the ramifications are downright scary. Fox News is reporting that Nancy Pelosi's trip now doesn't show Taiwan on the itinerary. If we cave to this, if we don't show American strength, we send the clear message to China that we are all bark and no bite. Or in Biden's case, all bluster and drool, but no substance. If China invades Taiwan during this administration, I have zero confidence that we will defend this ally. Now, regarding Joe and COVID, last week we purposely didn't report that Biden has COVID. Why? Because COVID is COVID, and new cases happen all the time, and it just happens to be part of life. Again, all I can say is this. Dear White House doctor and Dr. Jill Biden, please do everything you can to keep Biden healthy. Please, please, please. Kamala is waiting in the wings. Now, how about Congress and gay marriage? Democrats in Congress are scrambling to protect gay marriage by trying to pass legislation called the Respect for Marriage Act. I could pontificate on this for hours. Let's just look at it constitutionally. This should raise your eyebrows and that it shows just how much the Dems have relied on the courts for years to get through the judicial branch, what they could not get through Congress, the only true lawmaking branch of government according to our Constitution. Now, I'll stop there, and I'm not going to say any more, but in effect, you have Congress, you have the president through executive action, and you have the courts through ruling all writing laws at this point. No wonder it's a complete chaotic mess in Washington. I end this segment with a quote of the day from Kevin McGarry, president of Every Black Life Matters. The demonism of Marxism is subtly replacing the sufficiency of the cross. Stop carrying water for Karl Marx and start carrying your cross for Jesus. Folks, for this week's News and Review, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of The Grid. I'm your co-host, Sean Griffin, flying solo for this episode, as our host, Chris Kuhlman, is on a much-needed vacation at an undisclosed location with his family. <laughs> it's not that I don't need a vacation, but somebody's got to do the work around here, you know what I mean? Clearly, you heard him deliver the news and review, which he was able to record from an undisclosed location. Before we dive into today's subject, I would like to thank Chris for writing this episode. He didn't have time to record it. We have another topic in the pipeline, but decided the timeliness of Steve Bannon's conviction this past week warranted a change in the lineup. Okay, enough of my solo banter. Let's dive in, shall we? Where is Steve Bannon? Well, as I mentioned literally three sentences ago, Steve Bannon was in the news this week for his conviction. So where is he? Well, for sure, we know where he's not. He's not sitting in front of the January 6th sham committee meetings. Why would he be anyway? That's a great question. He would be because he was subpoenaed by the committee for primarily two reasons. One, to turn over any documents and communication he had related to January 6th, and two, to appear before the January 6th Partisan Committee to answer questions. Steve Bannon ignored the subpoena. Therefore, this committee did what anyone would expect from a bunch of partisan Democrats. They charged him with contempt. He was tried and convicted and now faces up to two years in prison for failing to comply. Why did he not comply? Well, the public reason he gave on February 22nd is that his lawyers told him not to testify 
as Trump was claiming executive privilege. He said he did not know this was a crime and therefore relying on the advice of counsel was not guilty because of his lack of knowledge and following what his lawyers told him to do. Now, I think the second part of his claim, ignorance of the law, is pretty lame. This is a smart guy, wealthy and surrounded by brilliant legal minds. Unfortunately, he gets no pass here. However, not turning over documents or communication or testifying because of executive privilege is a whole different manner. Since he was a close advisor of the president, there is well-documented and historical precedents for claiming executive privilege. Folks, let's be clear. Everyone knows what the January 6th committee is about. It's a witch hunt and a multifaceted failed attempt to find a reason to charge Trump with a crime and make sure he never returns to office again. There's a wee section in the federal law. I think it's titled Section 238. At the very least, it's numbered 238, and it reads as follows. 2383, Rebellion or Insurrection. Whoever incites, sets foot on, assists, or engages in any rebellion or any insurrection against the authority of the United States or the laws thereof, or gives aid or comfort thereto, shall be fined under this title, or imprisoned not more than ten years, or both, and shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. That's what the January 6th committee is all about. That fragment of a sentence, and shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. That is why the Democrats and the mainstream media say, speak, scream the word insurrection every time they refer to the events of January 6th. There's nothing else in the law they could possibly pin him with. So they are stretching this one term as far as they can stretch it. Insurrection. Forget the simple fact, the simple truth that the so-called insurrectionists attempted an insurrection with zero weapons. The same voting block that staunchly digs their heels in on the Second Amendment, knowing that it was not written to defend their right to go hunting or to even defend themselves. No, they know it was written to clarify our right to defend ourselves against a tyrannical government. Should our government ever crumble or degrade to that point? Do you think the Democrats would hold a committee hearing on how this administration destroyed the economy faster than Jimmy Carter, this is a distraction. But there are more sinister agendas at play here that we will touch on later. But first, I want to keep talking about Steve Bannon. So just who is Steve Bannon? That's a great question. Honestly, if you're not one of the elite class of politicians or a Republican junkie, you might not know much about this individual as he works largely behind the scenes. So let's do a little research dive. Stephen Kevin Bannon was born in 1953. He grew up in Virginia in a pro-union, pro-Kennedy working class family. He graduated from a private Catholic military high school in Richmond, Virginia. He went to college at Virginia Tech and served as the president of the Student Government Association. After graduating in 1976, he then joined the Navy and while serving, earned his master's degree in National Security Studies from Georgetown University School of Foreign Service in 1983. 
and then in 1985, an MBA from Harvard. Not exactly a slouch. While in the Navy, he served as a surface warfare officer on the USS Paul F. Forrester destroyer and later as special assistant to the Chief of Naval Operations at the Pentagon. In 1980, he was deployed to the Persian Gulf as part of Operation Eagle Claw, more commonly known as the failed attempt to rescue the American embassy during the Iran hostage situation. Bannon believed the mission's failure was a political turning point in his worldview from largely apolitical to strongly Reaganite, which was further reinforced by the September 11 attacks. He said, I wasn't political until I got into the service and saw how badly Jimmy Carter effed things up. I became a huge Reagan admirer, still am. After the Navy, Bannon joined Goldman Sachs as an investment banker specializing in mergers and acquisitions. After two years, he left and started his own firm, and they helped negotiate a sale of a media company. But instead of collecting consulting fees, they took a share in several companies as payment. One of the shows the media company owned was Seinfeld, in which he still receives royalties today. Brilliant strategy. In 1993, he spent two short years researching and becoming actively involved in climate change and pollution work. In the 1990s, he entered the entertainment world and produced 18 films. In 2006, he became CEO of Affinity Media and in 2007, wrote an eight-page film treatment plan called Destroying the Great Satan, The Rise of Islamic Fascism in America. Later, he helped publish Breitbart News and was a founding member. He's vice president of the board of Cambridge Analytica a data analytics firm that owns Breitbart News. Politically, Bannon joined President Trump's campaign just 88 days before the 2016 election as the chief campaign executive, and then, on November 13, became Trump's chief strategist and senior counselor to the president. His appointment was opposed by the Anti-Defamation League, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, the Southern Poverty Law Center, Democratic Senate Minority Leader Harry Reid, and some Republican strategists because of statements in Breitbart News that were alleged to be racist or anti-Semitic. Now, I get their beef with some of the crude or anti-Semitic sounding comments, but those groups that oppose him are exactly why I want him. These are far-left American-hating organizations. If they hate an appointment, it makes me pause and say maybe this person is good for America. Despite this opposition, a number of prominent Jews of the politically conservative persuasion defended Bannon against the allegations of anti-Semitism, including Ben Shapiro, David Horowitz, Pamela Geller, Bernard Marcus of the Republican Jewish Coalition, Morton Klein, the Zionist Organization of America, and Rabbi Shmuley Botich. Sorry, Rabbi, if I botched your last name. Even Alan Dershowitz defended Bannon at first. By the way, Reuters reported on October 31, 2018, that the Senate Intelligence Committee was conducting a wide-ranging investigation of Bannon's activities during the campaign, including knowledge he may have had about contacts between Russia and two campaign advisors, George Papadopoulos and Carter Page as well as his role with Cambridge Analytica. 
now in light of the current day clarity to the Russia collusion hoax, this should give you great concern. You could even say, in October 2018, this was the precursor to the January 6th committee of today, always investigating and going after anyone associated with Trump. Bannon has a ton of newsworthy quotes as he projects a similar in-your-face persona as Trump. He doesn't usually take crap from anyone, but this quote in particular is why many conservatives love his feistiness and combativeness. He speaks what we are thinking. Here's what he said. The media should be embarrassed and humiliated and keep its mouth shut and just listen for a while. I want you to quote this. The media is the opposition party. They don't understand this country. They still do not understand why Donald Trump is the president of the United States. Bannon left the White House on August 18, 2017, after serving for one year. It is reported that Trump stayed in contact with Steve Bannon, when John Kelly wasn't around, of course. Folks, I hope you get the idea. Steve Bannon is not perfect, but he's a patriot. He served in the military, and he is no intellectual lightweight. He's brilliant experienced and loves this country. That makes him dangerous to the left and its dark agenda for this nation. So let's look at what this means when we return. In order to expand our audience to like-minded believers and patriots, you have to tell them about us. How do you do that? I'm so glad you asked. Right now, in this moment, hit that follow button on your podcast and give us a five-star rating. Tell your friends and your neighbors about this community. Share any episode on your social media. If you feel compelled to share that photo of little Johnny who fell in a puddle, then surely sharing an episode of The Grid is just as easy. Help us today. Tell others about the Kingdom Patriot Group and this podcast, The Grid. So why is Bannon? That is the third question we want to answer. Now that you have a more in-depth understanding of who Steve Bannon is, you begin to understand his mindset. He hates the establishment, hates the media, and believes our country is overrun by radical Islamic influence. Folks, he's not wrong. He may not say it that way. In fact, for all we know, he may be a bigot. But, and this is a big but, to say that radical Islam and fundamental Muslims are a geopolitical threat is not a bigoted statement. It's truth. However, in this snowflake-infested culture we live in, saying something like that in the presence of some folk is akin to violence. But it's still the truth. So, do you now get a sense of why Bannon would refuse to comply with a congressional subpoena regarding his time with Trump? He left the White House nearly four years before the infamous events of January 6th. What kind of jurisdiction does this committee have? He knows it's a witch hunt, and he knows the committee wants to drag up more confidential conversations about Trump to fabricate and churn more dirt. Personally and legally, for himself, I'm not sure he made the right decision, but principally to fight the influence of woke politics and the opposition party known as the media, I totally understand why he gave the middle finger to this sham of a committee. The why of Steve Bannon is simple. He believes this committee is just another example, another weapon, of domestic enemies of freedom. The grid, the intersection of faith, politics, and commerce. So what does this mean from a faith perspective? What can we learn from Bannon and his battle? For one, we have to trust the Lord. P. 
People are jockeying for power. People and politicians are looking to destroy one another. Just developing this podcast content was starting to give Chris hives. So I'm going to share with you what the Lord laid on Chris's heart. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. It's amazing what a simple kindness will do. We are to pray for our enemies. It can be mind-blowing how circumstances can suddenly change when we consult the Almighty about our natural enemies, keeping in mind He loves the people on both sides of the conflict. We are to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Notice it's wisdom and not danger that's highlighted about the serpent. We are to trust the Lord in all we do, even politics. He knows both sides of the aisle. We are to remember that vengeance is the Lord, not for us. Sometimes his vengeance is to turn an enemy into a trusted friend. We are to be reminded that God is not mocked. He will give mockers enough time to repent. After that, judgment. He never misses. He is never late. The political perspective. The political implications of this story are enormous and could be a whole series in itself. We have discussed the major ones. Clearly, the committee is designed to make sure Trump never assumes official political power ever again. The definition of the establishment. Establishment Republicans don't like him either. A threat to the establishment. This is what Bannon represents, and his refusal to appear meant that he was to be destroyed. But a more concerning matter lurks under the surface. Does Congress even have this power? There is no constitutional power to conduct hearings like this. In fact, the courts have ruled that Congress does not have the power to conduct law enforcement-type hearings. They have the ability to investigate for legislative matters or matters in which they might pass a law. Many, many would argue this committee, and a host of committee hearings for that matter, are well outside their constitutional authority, despite the courts upholding much of that authority. How about we pass legislation that purposefully limits Congress's ability to conduct investigations into items that fall outside the recognized authority? I'm thinking that's a good plan. The commerce perspective. The commerce perspective is a bit different. On many of our podcasts, we have pointed out how the woke mob and cultural progressivism has seeped its way into corporate structures, forcing the agenda on employees at the threat of their jobs. How media giants can hold organizations hostage in return for allegiance to their cause. However, today, let's examine, for example, Breitbart News. It's where commerce is conveying or distributing the news related to freedom, where commerce is actually used in a good way to support American values. Commerce can be a wonderful thing to leverage the power of American ingenuity, entrepreneurship, and hard work to promote a faith-filled, constitutional-loving America. Folks, we can use commerce as a tool when we already know many of our politicians have caved to the pressure. In your business, in your work, you can promote Judeo-Christian values that will show people the truth. Final Thoughts Steve Bannon is a man of keen intellect with a broad base of experience and knowledge. 
He is an American patriot who clearly loves this country. He is comfortable working behind the scenes to consult with folks who are in the ring doing the job of leadership. He has been railroaded before a sham committee comprised of shameful congressional members. If they can do this to Steve Bannon, think of all the lesser known citizens like you and I that they can go after. It's time for us to collectively take a stand and let our leaders know there's a line they shall not cross. We need to speak up at home, at the office, in public. We need to stop being afraid of the potential negative effects speaking up could have on our lives and the lives of our friends and family. If we don't speak now, it will get worse. If we will all speak at once, we can collectively become an overwhelming force for righteousness. All that is required for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. If you want to make a difference, you cannot sit on the sidelines. That's why you need to be a Kingdom Patriot. Join us today and help us fight for faith and freedom. If you give up just two cups of Starbucks per month, you can make a difference. Hi, I'm Jessica, and I'm a Kingdom Patriot. Well, that does it for this edition of The Grid. For Chris Coleman, I'm Sean Griffin, urging you to keep up the good fight of faith and freedom. Till next time. Also, don't forget to visit our website at kingdompatriot.us to join the movement of faith and freedom. That's kingdompatriot.us. Join today so that together we can make a difference. Your membership is appreciated. Your input is valued. Your voice is needed. Music